0: Does anyone know what a tater field is? Oh, come on. Does anybody know what a tater field is? Yeah. It's a potato field. Tater is southern slack for potato. And you may or may not know this, in the state of Florida... Not talking about Idaho or Wisconsin or Washington. I'm talking about in the state of Florida, somewhere around 30,000 acres are spent or used growing potatoes. About 600 million pounds of potatoes are grown in Florida. And a little known fact to you about Tater Fields is Hastings, Florida, is the Florida potato capital. Hastings, Florida, and St. John's, Putnam County, right to the northwest. And potato chip companies like Lay's, Fritos, Lance, and Cape Cod buy their potatoes from here. And they grow red and white and yellow and fingerling potatoes here in Florida. You wouldn't know that, would you? You know it now. So, a tater field. We're in the tater field series and the tater field series is a series that my brother Frank and I, we spend a lot of time together, not enough, but a lot. And, uh, we ride all over and my brother-in-law's got some large acreage in the Northwest side of Flagler County up near dead Lake and Crescent Lake. And guess what he grows? Taters. Taters. And this Whole process of potatoes in a tater field is amazing. What has to be done to the ground, how it's prepared, how it's planted, how things grow, and how they're harvested, and then after the harvest, the gleaning of it. So this is a tater field series that was. Uh, grown between my brother Frank and I just sitting on an edge of my brother-in-law's potato field, looking and waxing and waning about life and watching things. Now, what you're going to get out of this series is some good, solid, down-to-earth, get it? Down-to-earth potatoes? You're going to get some good down-to-earth stuff that will help your life will help you understand what God would have you to do as it relates to planting, harvesting, and gleaning. Today is planting. And what we're going to talk about today is you got to plant where God places you. Now, we're going to go out of Genesis 26, which is a story about Isaac. You know, there's Abraham and his son Isaac. And Abraham with his his father, Terah, left Ur the Chaldeans and went north and stayed at Haran, which is on the northern end of the Fertile Crescent up in Mesopotamia. And the father died there. And God told Abraham, go to a place I'm going to show you. And I'm going to give you a land that will be plenty and that your descendants will fill the earth. And so Abraham, or Abram at the time left and went down to Canaan. And he settled in Canaan with his wife, Sarah, um, and he had children there. And one of the things that happened starts in Genesis 26. Now there was a famine in the land beside the previous famine in Abraham's time. So Abraham had a famine. And when he got into the promised land, when he got into Canaan, there was a famine in the land. And Abraham grabbed his family, and he went to Egypt. Now, God didn't tell him to go to Egypt, but he went to Egypt. And we know the story, the Bible narrative, is that Abram's going to go there, and the people of God are going to go back and forth to Egypt. And eventually, they're going to be enslaved there for 400 years. And after they get through their enslavement, they're brought back to Canaan, back to the Promised Land where they're going to live forever. There was a famine in the land. I want you to know that no matter how long you live or where you go, there's going to be a famine. Now, it may not be a food famine, but if you've been paying attention to the United States of America, you'll notice some things are going on with food. You you don't have to read the paper every day to realize it, but there's things going on with food, and you need to pay attention to that because there's going to be a famine in this land and we need to be prepared. And it may be a food famine. This was a food famine, but I promise you, you look around and you can see that there's a famine for the things of God in this land. All you got to do is just walk down the street, go in Walmart and listen, and you'll see it. So there was a famine in the land beside the previous famine in Abram's time. So, Abram fled to Egypt, and I'm sure that as he was talking with his son Isaac, he told him stories of life, and he told him, yeah, we had a famine, and we had to go down to Egypt. And Canaan is the place of abundance. And it says this, and Isaac left Canaan, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Now, Does the word Philistine ring a bell? David and Goliath, the Philistines. The Philistines were enemies of God's people. Why is it that God's people will leave where they are and go to the enemy? Why is it that God's people will leave where God's put them and they'll go somewhere else? Because the grass is always greener. greener? Yeah, it's not. And they went to this place called Gerar. It's in the Negev region. It's south and it's east. I'm sorry, south and west towards Egypt in the desert. And this town's name is Gerar. I want you to know when you take Gerar out, it means a couple of things. To bring up the cud, you ever seen cows and animals that chew grass? They have a couple of different stomachs and they chew it and they bring it down, and they bring it back up. Or it means to ruminate. Garar means to ruminate. Think about ruminating. Well, you'll sit and think, man, I'm going to think about this. Maybe I should think about this. Maybe I should just slow down and think about this. Right? Well, I'll tell you, if you're headed towards Egypt, you better be thinking about it. If you're leaving Canaan, the promised land, you better be thinking about it because I'm going to tell you, you're going to head the wrong way. And it says this in Genesis 26, two and three, the Lord appeared to Isaac. God wants to talk to us. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. Don't live in the land where I'll tell you to live. And he said this, stay in this land for a while. And I'll be with you, and I'll bless you. For you and your descendants, I'll give you all these lands. And while I will confirm the oath, I swore with your father, Abraham. Stay in this land. He's in Gerar, in a place that's called Ruminate. Bring up the cud. Think about this a second time. Don't get in such a hurry. Don't eat your food too fast. It's going to make you sick. Let it settle and think about. Here's God just speaking to Isaac. He's saying, stay here. Stay in this land. Don't go away. I tell you, saints, we need to be thinking about where we're going and why we're going and where we're going. In a world like this, we can get confused. There can be a famine, and we can get afraid very quickly. We can start thinking that we're going to fix it all ourselves, And not listen to what God has to say about us and how he would have us do it. And God says, stay in this land. Let me ask you a question. Do you want all that God promised you? Yeah. Why would you not want it? Then stay in this land for a while. And I'll be with you and I'll bless you. You know, what we want to do is we want to go from Party to party, we want to go from church to church to church to church until we get it figured out, until we get what tastes good in our mouth, and we want to go from place to place until we get the best deal. We want to chase the tail on the dog or the donkey. We want to run out in the field because something's better out in the field. Stay in this land. Stay in God's land. Stay in God's word. Listen to what God has to say to you. And he says this if Isaac obeys in Genesis 26, 4 and 5. He says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I'll give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abram obeyed me and did everything I required of him keeping my commands and my decrees and my instructions. And here's what the scripture says next. And Isaac planted crops in that land. And that same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord had blessed him. Saints, I'm going to tell you, you can run from place to place to place. You can run from church to church to preacher to preacher to religious denomination to religious denomination. If you're not keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ and what he would have to say in your life, then what's going to happen is you're going to be scattered everywhere. You're going to be running from fear of everything that comes instead of being stayed where you need to be. Stay in this land and I'll be with you. And he reaped a hundredfold. In the desert, in the land of the Philistines, thank God he did not go to Egypt. See, here's the bottom line. Plant where God places you. Where's God got you placed? Isaac was in Gerar. He was there to ruminate, to bring up the cud. He was there around enemies. At least he listened to God, and God said, stay here. Stay right here, and I'm going to bless you. Where is it that you are in your life? You've got to plant there. I had a good friend of mine. His name was Eric Porter. He lived on George Ingram Boulevard in Daytona Beach. He lived in a humble house. In the core city, he had people walk by his house. It was a high drug area every day. He had his Bible out. And he told me enough people would come by and they'd be curious. What are you doing? And they'd stop by and he'd hook them with the Word of God. He'd hook them with the truth. You see, he would plant where he was placed. He didn't try to leave George Ingram Boulevard between Nova and Ridgewood and between Nova and the railroad track. He didn't try to leave there and go to Port Orange. That wasn't where God had him placed. And he could reach people that nobody else could reach. Where's God placed you? Where's God placed you? Is it in a workplace somewhere with some people that Only you can contact. If you don't plant there, there's never going to be a harvest. But where in your family? Are there people in your family? Has God placed you with a person? Plant there. How about the highways and the byways? How about the Places that you go that no one else goes. The people that you have access to in prisons, in clubs, in hospitals, in military fields, in colleges and universities, delivery trucks. Carpentry projects. Where's God placed you? Wherever God has placed you, plant there. Genesis 26 says this that Isaac the man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until it became very wealthy. He had so many flocks, and so many herds, and so many servants that the enemy, the Philistines, envied him. Look, when you start planting where God has placed you, you plant right there, it's going to be a hundredfold increase. And not only that, he's going to make it so plentiful, you won't know what to do. And then the people that look down on you for planting that seed, look at them. Look at old Bible thumper. I was at a uh, shooting range one day pistol range, and the guys were telling jokes, and I was amongst them, and they went to tell this joke, and they said, oh, we can't tell a joke because the Bible thumper's over there. I said, go tell your joke. It doesn't matter, but you see, I had planted on that pistol range. Now, how do you know what you're going to harvest? We're going to be talking about that next week. You won't want to miss it. And then Abimelech said to Isaac, the Philistine king said, Move away from us. You become too powerful. Pastor Ramona talked about it this morning. Brian talked about it this morning. And it's the power of God. People are going to recognize it, people are going to see it. You're going to plant it, it's going to grow. And people are going to say, You're too powerful. And they're gonna envy you. When you envy something, you want it. Let me tell you what God can do. This started with a famine with Isaac. See, God can turn a famine into a feast because He can do, He can use what you do. Don't think what you do is too insignificant. Don't think what you do, well, I don't have a PhD and I don't have a, you know, I haven't been to seminary and I I haven't really read the Bible in a couple of months. You know, what am I supposed to do? Well, I really don't go to church too much. Well, I'm just a fill in the blank. Man, when you think that, the devil's already defeated you. You can do with what God gives you and he wants you to. So where has God placed you today? I mean, where are you in life? Where has he put you? Because wherever he's put you, wherever he's placed you, is the perfect place to plant. Plant where he's placed you. Don't have those seeds and hold them. Don't put them in your pocket. What do you mean? How do I do that? First thing you do is by your action, with your integrity. Just how you act. It's that simple. You don't have to pray for every meal. Sometimes I'm so hungry I don't even think about it and I'm the preacher. Look, you don't have to raise your hands and say hallelujah every time somebody says something to you. But you should walk a walk that is worthy of what God has for you. You should act in a way that God would have you act where people would look at you and say, man, that's that's a nice person. I, I wonder what makes him like that. And then when you have the opportunity, you should plant wherever you are. And it doesn't have to be 100 pounds of potatoes, seed potatoes that you plant. It can just be one. Because, you know, when you plant one seed potato, that's a potato that has the eyes on it that's not treated so the eyes don't grow. They cut them in quarters and they have a piece of a potato that they put in. And it roots and it goes in the ground. And it grows dozens of potatoes. One quarter of one potato. You have no idea what you can do if you plant where God places you. If you listen to his word. If you walk a life that's worthy. And when you stumble and you fall get back up. It's no big deal. God's not counting your falls as a matter of fact. Yeah. He says that I don't count the wrongs. I rejoice in the rights. So where are you today? Has God been speaking to you about planting somewhere? I'm not saying being a gardener. Bonnie and I have difficult keeping plants alive in the office. What is God asking you to plant? Look, wherever you are, whatever time it is, plant where God placed you. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that through him, we have life eternal, access to the throne. Father, I'd ask you to help each of us here today and those listening to understand we've got a place to plant and that you've got a place for us to plant. And that you've got a product for us to plant. It's the seed of the word of God. And Father, I ask you to embolden those today that are hearing this word. That they would grow in you what they have gotten from you. And Father, for those that don't have the word of God planted in them. Who haven't given their life to Jesus Christ today. I ask that today you quicken their spirit in this room or wherever they're listening, you just sit there and say, okay, God, I, I don't really know you, but I want to. And it's this simple. You say, dear God, I love you. I need you. I want you in my life. I yield to you. Please come into my heart. It's that simple. If you prayed that prayer, you you know the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here and you've prayed that prayer and you want to be counseled. You want to be prayed for. We're willing to do that. We're ready to do that. We want to do that. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hello, this is Pastor Louis. I hope you've enjoyed the message today and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries. Please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 10:30 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at theLivingCornerstone.org. Be blessed.